Hello, everyone, and welcome to Walking with the Tengu, a podcast exploring classic texts for the modern martial artist. Today, we're finishing up our work on Chapter 2 of the 18th century work Tengu Geijutsuron, the Tengu's Sermon on the Martial Arts by Isai Chozanshi. We're going to skip a bit ahead here, as I'll be honest with you. I just spent the last two weeks reading, rereading, triple reading, and trying to do some cross-referencing, and quite frankly, the latter middle portion of the chapter is a bit beyond me right now. Maybe I'll revisit it sometime in the future, but for now, I would, would encourage you to dig into it yourself and let me know if you have any thoughts or insights as to how to read this part of the text. The latter end of chapter two, on the other hand, has some very clear lessons on teaching children the martial arts. Now, over the years, I've had some opportunity to instruct children and teenagers, initially in the traditional form of jujitsu that I practiced, and more recently with my four-year-old daughter. The instruction of children is mostly not at all like instructing adults. Between superficial differences like attention span, physical development, and comprehension skills, there are even deeper matters in that children often do not have the moral or ethical framework in place to truly understand how their use of force can have an impact on reality. Thus, I tend to think of training children as more a matter of training their bodies and minds in preparation for real martial training later in life. Every kid is different. Some will exhibit the depth and understanding of an adult at an early age, and some adults are no better than children. This gets back to my belief that no matter how hard we try to deny it, there is a moral capacity to our martial training, even if it's just that one's art ignores morality. Some arts operate as instruments for moral development, and others operate purely as combative tool sets and leave the morality question up to the individual. Regardless of which of these paths we walk, the conundrum remains that children often do not have the capacity to understand the consequences of their actions when it comes to submissions, finishing techniques, or techniques that could inflict serious injury or death on an opponent. So back in the text, after some more discussion on learning, self-nature, and spiritual clarity, one of the Tengu mentions that he has a number of children who have not yet grown up. I wasn't aware Tengu could even have children. The first Tengu is curious as to how he should instruct them in the martial arts. The more important Tengu, who has been dominating the discussion up to now, says, While your children are still young, they will not have the power to master the connection between technique and principle, so do not bring up the details first. Rather, have them follow along with their teacher, make efforts in the techniques that are appropriate for the moment, learn the movements of the hands and feet, and strengthen their bones and sinews. Beyond that, they should train their chi and cultivate their minds. The deepest principles will be inferred from this training. It's interesting that he says at first not to focus on details. I found this to be true with the children I've worked with, including my own. Whenever I have tried to get into all the little technical details that make something work, I have not found success. My daughter and I instead play martial games, simple things that are fun, but that develop her physical and mental skills even if she isn't aware of it. They have fun names, and at her age I spend more time just moving her body into the correct positions and making sure she's laughing and giggling as we play. To her, she's just playing with daddy. Little does she know that the basic foundational principles are being exercised in the games we play. If you're interested, we use a curriculum called Bullyproof which, in addition to being fun and effective, comes with a basic set of rules of engagement that should work well for most kids. A simple Google search should direct you in the right direction if you want to check it out. I think the Tengu is essentially saying the conclusion I had come to earlier. Formal martial training is largely wasted on children, but the basic building blocks that will make up an excellent martial student can be built now. 
Strengthening the body, mind, and character, along with some broad, not overly detailed techniques, constitutes good training for children. The Tengu continues on this thread. You should not use a tree that has only two leaves as a pillar. Usually, you prop up a brace and support such a tree so that it will not grow crooked. And usually, from the time a person is young, you should not let him go along with a will toward the perverse. If his will does not go toward the perverse, there will be no wrong, even in play. This is an interesting passage, using the image of a very young tree with only two leaves sprouted as an example. Bracing and supporting the tree to ensure its straight growth is the image given us for training a child to be a moral person. It's curious here that the Tengu makes the point that how the child acts in play is important. When training a child in the martial arts, even if the training is more like games than traditional martial arts, there is an opportunity to observe the child and assist their development. If a child is cruel, selfish, or even just uncaring about their training partners, there is a golden opportunity here to support the child to not continue growing down that crooked path. Helping the tree to grow straight is much easier now when the child is still young and flexible. As the tree grows and becomes more rigid, correction, straightening, might only be possible through painful breaking and reshaping. Observing how your child interacts with other children out on the mats, either from their own school or others, at home, in training, or even at a competition or tournament, are moments not to be missed, if helping your child grow into a decent human being is one of your objectives. The real value of martial arts training for kids is, in my humble opinion, the personal growth and character development which is a big failing that I see in the modern styles that primarily focus either on super serious combative skill sets or in the more sport-focused tournament championship schools. This isn't a problem in a lot of the traditional schools, though. They often lack a certain amount of introspection and self-honesty. And obviously, I have nothing wrong with children learning how to properly defend themselves and or compete in tournaments. The problem is that, at least in my case, that is in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world, we have largely decoupled any kind of moral framework from training, leaving primarily a focus solely on physical skill growth. There's minimal respect, both for our training partners and our competition opponents, which I, I get, if you want your kids to win at the next tournament, what's going to make your kids win is what you need to focus on. Now, before I get a bunch of angry emails, I know that there are Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu schools that do include self-development and character growth in their kids and adult programs, but in my experience, I'd say they're likely in the minority. For adults, I've only seen one school ever have a monthly get-to-know-your-local-self-defense-laws class, which, quite frankly, needs to be implemented at every single martial arts school all over the world right now. This is also the principle I see at the heart of firearms ownership. A bad guy with a gun and a good guy with a gun are both just a guy with a gun. What differentiates them is what they do with it. And I'm concerned that what I see in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is schools who basically teach kids how to, quote, fire the gun, without ever teaching them the why fire the gun. This is a big part of why I'm doing this podcast. I'm trying to frame the value of contextualizing our training on the foundation of what most people think of today as traditional martial arts. Because the super serious, street-lethal combative people seem to focus too much on the how, and almost never on the why and when. The way I see it, they each have one half of the coin. If there was some way to get the best of both worlds by putting them together, I think the relevancy of martial arts training would skyrocket just about anywhere. As one of my friends who trains in both traditional and modern styles put it, when I asked him what's most important in teaching children, he said, For me as a teacher, patience repetition, and understanding. For the students, 
respect, determination, and focus. I believe everything builds off of these three key ingredients. End quote. Closing out chapter two, the Tengu finishes with, Swordsmanship is just like this. If from the time the student is a beginner without having learned any techniques well, you say something like, Technique will come naturally without intention. Establish the hard by means of the soft. Or, techniques are only trivialities. He will become empty-headed and lazy, and will know nothing of where to stand. Thus, he will be at a loss both in this world and the next. Now, this is important. Even though you and I may have discovered that principle underlies techniques, and that when one has truly learned a technique, one need no longer be bound by the specifics of it, accelerating this process for a child who is not ready can be disastrous. Interfering with what would have been their natural development along a proper path of martial instruction. I think of this as being like insulting the use of training wheels in front of a child who is learning to ride a bicycle. Yes, they will be able to be free of the training wheels someday, but to falsely dangle that reality in front of them without having them walk the normal path of learning, how to ride with training wheels, may result in much more significant bruises and a more painful learning process. They might even abandon riding the bike altogether. Yes, it can be done, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a better way to teach children. Don't insult the value of simple technique in front of children. They truly need it if they are to soak up all the embedded principles contained within. And that concludes Chapter 2. Alright, that's all for today. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review or a rating wherever you find your podcasts, so as to help the show reach more people like yourself. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you'd like to hear more, go to patreon.com slash walkingtengu to help cover the cost of making this podcast. Even the smallest amount helps. Thank you for listening, and talk to you again soon.